San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right, good evening. My name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer, coming to you live from KFMB with 50,000 watts of power. Heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. If you download the, the app for 760 KFMB, you can hear us live on your device. And if you uh, go over to iTunes and search the title of the show, It's Your Money in Your Life, you can get all the podcasts there. And they're all on iWayMoney.com, by the way, as well. And now time to introduce the main man of the hour. He's a CPA extraordinaire. He's an accomplished marathon runner. He's a best-selling author. He's a philanthropist. He's a, a, a family office expert advising several high net worth families. And his name is Richard Musio. Richard, good evening. How are you tonight? I'm good, Joe. It's good to be back in town. Yes, we're both live tonight and, and together. And together I, and live. Yeah, the last two weeks. Well, we were uh, both live you, the last two weeks in terms of we weren't dead. Yeah, but you were. <laughs> you soloed two weeks ago. And you soloed. I, I soloed last week yeah. from the from the Berry Dinner, and uh, we've neglected to mention that uh, Jason Mraz, who's on the advisory board of the Very Good Food Foundation, actually showed up at the event. And I had already left, but it was kind of impromptu. But he did he did some singing with uh, Michelle Lyrac uh, on stage, and the people went crazy for that. And I saw some video of it. But anyway, congrats to them on another great uh, great event, and and to Dave Sniff who um, shows up every year and, and does the sound for us right on site. And it uh, we did twelve guests, Richard. <laughs> I told you you'd have uh, you'd, you'd have one hundred and seventy seven seconds per guest. Well, you know, I I, right. I think it, it was somewhat coherent, and and everyone seemed to enjoy it. But uh, it was it was. Quite Quite a show, and uh, they're all loving the podcast there. So a lot of information that, that we covered. But I couldn't do it without Brooke Larios and Michelle also because they helped uh, actually produce the show and line everybody up and, and made it much easier for me. But I was dealing with sinusitis, and I'm still in the – this is like the fourth, fifth week of this stuff, and I know a lot of people are out there with this. You just have this viral stuff. You just have to ride it out until you feel better. But, man, you know anybody who's had deal, been dealing with this, Richard? Or? I do. It's going around. It takes a while, doesn't it? That's what – yeah. That, it sure seems that way. Yeah, it's depressing. So anyway, you, well, you stay healthy. Uh, how was the graduation? Uh, oh, yeah, way? I went to my buddy Alec Bailey's graduation from Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. He's my daughter Mia's ex-boyfriend, but uh-huh. we're still really good friends. Any Anything memorable about the commencement address or anything? Well, or? I'm amazed at how many students. I mean, it's just, these things are huge now. <laughs> just huge. Who was the speaker? Do you remember who it was? The, no, I don't. It, wasn't no, it was nobody famous. Nobody famous? No, it was good stuff, though. I'll tell you. you know, College the, graduations are actually exciting because everybody's just so amped up to, I guess, get the hell out of Dodge. <laughs> Into the real world. Well, you know, I go on. And then about three weeks later, like the Brian Bosworth ad. Go back to college. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. You know, I found, I've, you know, this time of year, all these commencement addresses come up. And uh, I, if you just go on YouTube, I mean, I found Jim Carrey gave a very in, an interesting, uh, compelling one at this Maharishi University, believe it or not. I never even heard of it. But man, I'll tell you, he gave a good And I heard an old one from Conan O'Brien at Dartmouth. And if you just, you know, search around, there's a lot of interesting. Uh, and, and, you know, these guys can be a little bit funny. So, but when they get profound, it's, it makes it even you know, even better, I think. So yeah, it's good stuff. But anyway, hey, happy seventieth birthday to my old business partner Bob Carter in the CPA firm. We had a big party at his house today. Our good friends, Dr. Ruth Evans and Dr. Ed Evans. Dr. Ruth, me. Dr. Ruth was there. Wow. Dr. Ruth and Doc, you know, they were okay. here in studio okay. way back when <laughs> as a guest, not on the air, but when we had one of our guests on. So we all cruised up together. Okay. But Bob was my longtime partner in the CPA firm up in Vista for many, many, many years. He went on to um, own, own gaming casinos of all things like yeah. Ocean's Eleven. I was making a Dr. Ruth Westheimer joke. Yes, I, I got know. that oh, joke. Okay. Okay. I'm good. I got that. Yeah. <laughs> 
It wasn't very funny. <laughs> I know. I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm still so anyway, happy myself. 70th birthday to Bob. Yes, excellent. Congratulations to him. And uh, I guess we ought to move forward with the show tonight. What do you say? That's what we're supposed to do, so let's do that. Well, we have an illustrious guest in studio. He is the president and CEO of Hearthstone Private Wealth Management, and he also works very diligently on ending financial elder abuse, which we'll get into. Uh, but he's right here live and in person. His name is Paul Hines. Paul, how are you tonight? I've yet to give a commencement speech, but I'm doing great. <laughs> one of these days. Maybe one of these days. Well, after tonight, you'll be all jazzed up and ready to go. So, But anyway, Paul, I know you've been on the show before, but we didn't have a whole a whole hour to spend. But uh, tell us a little bit about your background. Where were you born and raised and schooled, and, and how you found your way to San Diego? I grew up in the suburbs of Boston and still a Red Sox fan. Oh. Ah. Ha- they're having a bad year. Which suburb, by the way? Situate. Situate. It's on the South Shore. I went to B.C., so I loved Boston. And, of course, Richard sweat. uh, He lost about 20 pounds there one marathon. Exactly. (laughs) When it was 99 degrees, right? Yeah, it was hotter than any 5K I've ever run. We had your former governor on uh, via phone a uh, a few months ago, and he ran the the Boston Marathon, 1938, 350 people. And it's a funny, it's a long story. I'll have to give you the podcast. Well, I've lived here in San Diego since 1983, Mm -hmm. so we've been here quite a while. My wife and I, and we have two two kids. Mm -hmm. Chris and Lauren. Uh, Chris graduated from college, and Lauren is going to be a senior at Boston University. Very good. BU. So you went undergrad where? University of Virginia. Ah, okay. That's why you're following the baseball, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. Wahoo wah. <laughs> yeah, and Florida just tied the score on the top of the six. You didn't need to know Thanks, that. Richard. Yeah, right. And then after, uh, after UVA, what happened? I started working for a company called Union Carbide. Oh. I don't know if you remember them. They were an integrated chemical company oh, yeah. mm-hmm. based in New York and worked for them for four years. And one of the greatest things they ever did is they moved us to San Diego. Um, were they? Uh, were you doing accounting work with them or what kind of? What kind I was of? in sales. Sales. Okay. Yeah. All right. And uh, so after they moved here, then how much time did you spend there before you transitioned? It was almost one year exactly to the day. Mm-hmm. The next move would have been out of San Diego and neither my wife, Joan, or I wanted to do that. So... I left Union Carbide and started in the training program at uh, Smith Barney mm-hmm. back in 1984. Mm. Spent 22 years at that firm. Didn't didn't move desks, but had 13 different business cards from <laughs> all the different names on the, the on the door. Wow, that, that was uh, 22 years. So in 2006, I left that firm and started Hearthstone, uh, which is a registered investment advisory firm, and it's my own company. And we just give people advice. We don't sell products, and we. we our clients are very pleased with that arrangement. Nice, nice. So CFP, Certified Financial Planner, I, I, I assume that's kind of a difficult credential to get. Yeah, it took me three years to get that. It's quite a bit. You have to study a lot and pass pass all the tests related to the the academic aspects. Then you mm-hmm. have to sit down for a two-day exam. Is that is that uh, organized by the state of California? or It's how? organized by the, the CFP board, so mm-hmm. the Certified Financial Planner Board of Standards. It's mm-hmm. an independent nonprofit organization that regulates the CFPs um, all over the world. Wow. And, and Paul is also the past president of a very prestigious organization here in San Diego. Joe, that Called would be STAR. Star. I see that on the... Strategic uh, Trusted Advisors Roundtable. I see that at IYMoney.com. I'm, I'm the past temporary dictator, <laughs> but he's a past president. Well, well Paul's involved in a lot of things, estate planning councils and, um, and uh, social venture group. I saw that. Um, I was involved in social venture partners for about four and a half years, but mm-hmm. I no longer am. Did you have fun doing that? I did. I loved it. Yeah, Absolutely a, loved it. That's a great group. Yep. So social... Why did they call it social venture... 
It's they try to take the aspects and, and the techniques of of actual uh, venture capital and apply it to nonprofits mm-hmm. and, and try to help the nonprofits become ah, uh, more see. scalable and so they can help more people. I see. I see. So it's very enjoyable. Excellent. Great group of people. Excellent. So um, I guess when you when you founded Hearthstone, uh, you had cultivated all these relationships over the years, and then they became clients. I guess right? Is that how yes. that works? Yes. Okay. We we asked them to come with us when we left Smith Barney to open Hearthstone, and mm-hmm. uh, quite a few of them agreed to come with us. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you've also developed a passion to to help combat financial elder abuse. So, absolutely. Um, what triggered that? Did you have a relative or somebody that got ripped off? Or, well, I did. Yeah, my dad became a victim of the lottery scam. Uh, oh, that one. Yeah. And at the same time, it just became a an awareness that this is really an epidemic in our country, and and our most vulnerable segment of the population is at risk. And if I'm working very hard to help them manage their other risks, this is an, this is one of the risks I want to help them uh, manage and avoid as well. <laughs> so if you're having good success with that and uh, counseling people um, uh, about these things? And- We're just trying to help raise awareness, and we think if we can help raise awareness, we can lead, that will lead to more prevention or detection of what's going on out there. Um, yeah. So we're educating we have the commercial, the three thirty-second commercials on our website. They were on television for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And financialabuse.com, right? And financialabuse.org. Dot, I'm sorry, dot .org. Yeah. I'm used to saying com. And financialabuse.org. Yeah. Well, folks should take a look at that because there's um, some good videos on there. They've been running on, I think I saw one on, on the TV the other day. Yeah, you day. see them on TV occasionally. And, yeah, um, they're good. Yeah, we're trying to get them out there so that if people see it, they might be more aware if something comes comes at comes their way and then maybe they can prevent it at the point of attack and, and not lose the money because once the money's lost it's gone hmm. that's uh that's too bad so i mean it would be nice if there it was really some kind of fund or whatever but um you know if you see that show american greed you see it all the time where it, it seems to be happening a lot in the in the con- contractor and construction industry where they they'll, they'll take advantage of a senior and and I, I guess get them to sign these papers to do all these improvements, get the money, do a little work, and then take off. And right, and that's definitely one of the scams. The contractor scam is a big yeah. one. So, well, you must be working with the county a little bit, right? Um, we do. We do uh, interface with Adult Protective Services, and and they do a great job. And also the county um, assistant DA Paul mm-hmm. Greenwood does a great job prosecuting mm-hmm. these cases once they discover them and. Uh, he just does a fabulous job also educating the public. Has the mm-hmm. county been able to get more resources over in that direction? They are growing that department. Uh, it's it's one of the best, most ro- robust departments in the country for combating financial elder abuse. Mm-hmm. Well, I think let's take a little pause right now. We'll come back with Paul Hines and discuss financial planning and combating financial elder abuse right after this. Hang on. All right, we're back with Paul Hines, President and CEO of Hearthstone Private Wealth Management and also in financialelderabuse.org. And Richard, let's talk about some of these scams and frauds out there. What do you what do you say? Well, yeah, we were talking on the break about elder abuse, but there, there's also just huge identity theft going on, including uh, people posing as representatives of the IRS and fraudulent tax returns being filed to try to claim refunds that people aren't entitled to. And it's just bizarre stuff. Um, we want our listeners to know that if anybody ever calls you from the IRS or emails you saying they're with the IRS, that's by definition phony. Your first contact from the IRS will always be by mail and only 
by mail. So ignore that and report it, I guess, right? Well, I report would it. I don't. I mean, most most of the calls aren't necessarily originating here, or you know, attempts aren't originating here well, domestically. If you get any contact information for anybody doing that, I guess call the DA right away. And or don't the, or even the, mention the last four digits of your social security number, let alone the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. or they, or the, maybe the attorney general with the state. Maybe that's another good one too. They so, Paul, did you say? Can you talk about this on the air? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I actually received two calls from the pseudo IRS, and they're, they're both robocalls. Mm-hmm. They're both very threatening, so I can see where they would get people's attention for sure. And they do ask you to call back, and once you call back, that's when you get sucked into the scam. And there's no way they can trace these calls. No, they're robocalls and probably originating from outside the United States. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. really, that's really it's pretty something. scary. And, and that, those do target young people, old people, people of all ages, so mm-hmm. they can, it can happen to anybody. And in fact, uh, someone filed a tax return in our name, and luckily the IRS flagged it and sent us a letter saying that they thought it might have been phony and that we had to call to verify. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. there's tons of that going on. Wow. Happened to a lot of people I know this tax season. Yeah. Well, Paul, you recently gave a talk uh, called Live Long and Prosper about retirement. Do you want to hit some of the highlights from that? Or? Sure, absolutely. People are living longer, and as, as we age, your life expectancy actually extends. So when you're born, uh, at birth, males are expected to live to age 76. If you reach age 65, you're expected to live to age 82. If you reach age 75, you're going to live even longer to mid-80s, maybe even beyond. So people mm-hmm. are living longer. It's nice that they can plan for that and hopefully have a uh, enjoyable life you know, for as long as they live. Mm-hmm. But I was reading um, old U.S. Census data that was financial-related, and it gave a percentage of 1, 4, 15, and 80, which adds up to 100. And it basically said that 1% of the population is, well, basically filthy rich. 4% is extremely um, self-sustainable. 15% is assuming no major, major issues during retirement, self-sustainable. But obviously, if there's a huge health issue or something, might need assistance. And then 80% of the people are sort of floating in the same boat without paddles. Yeah, it's, it's a scary thought that a lot of people haven't really put away a lot of money for retirement on their own. Back in the old days, there were pensions from the company that they worked for. That was one of the most important things that they relied on. Of course, Social Security is one of the other uh, pillars of retirement that they could rely on and still can. But nowadays, the pensions are really no, no longer there. It's all 401K, self-saving, maybe with a little bit of company match. So people really have to take responsibility for a lot more of their own retirement savings nowadays. And, and then the third pillar was savings, right? But, yep. but people have a hard time saving, first of all. And now secondly, no, you're no longer really incentivized to save because of the low interest rate environment. That's, that's true. But still, you can avoid paying taxes currently if you put the money into your 401k or an sure. IRA or something like that. So there's a right. little bit of an incentive there. Mm-hmm. But I think it used to be easier for people to save when you could go get a bank CD at 6 or 7%. Well, you're definitely going to see people working longer. I mean, you go in the grocery store, you see people bagging their groceries. They're not teenagers well, anymore. Well, people are having second and third careers, so to speak. Yeah. That's people actually, used to retire, and now they're doing something when yeah, they're 65 right. or 70. And they're probably moving in with the kids, too, if that if they can work that out. And gosh knows, that doesn't that's not the ideal situation for, for everybody. But Right. When they get to retirement, they haven't saved enough. Going back to work is really one of their only options, mm-hmm. or, I guess, or moving in with family. Mm-hmm. But you know that going back to work is a real challenge because they're competing for jobs with younger people too, and mm-hmm. it, it's it's one of the reasons why kids coming out of college today are having facing greater competition for entry level positions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was one of the reasons why retirement was actually instituted was to free up the those jobs for the younger people. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I, I mean that, that was public policy, so to speak. 
well, we or attempted, to, right. or well, attempted we, public policy. Well, we used to have defined uh, uh, benefit plans, uh, but I think a lot of larger companies um, decided that they wanted to, uh, I guess, terminate those or transfer them over to 401k plans. Um, so for, for better or for worse. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they froze those plans and now they offer 401ks. And yeah. sometimes companies offer a match, which is a, an incentive. Mm-hmm. So they'll match perhaps the first 4% or 5% of whatever the employee contributes. Yeah. So that's like free money. But I saw um, Ellen Schultz did a, wrote a book called Retirement Heist. And I'm, I'm telling you, like, I'll name the names. I mean, GE stopped paying into their pension plan in the 80s. You knew that, right, Richard? I mean, they just... Yeah, they st- well, they had some good years of performance. Yeah, but they just stopped. They just stopped, they stopped paying. Tr- and- yeah. They had too many billions floating around out there, and they decided to shift them elsewhere and... Uh, so such is life. So anyway. So Paul, can I ask your opinion on some financial products out on the out in the marketplace? As Fire they, away. As they relate to retirement. For example, you see ads on TV now for reverse mortgages. What do you think about them generally? Well, the new reverse mortgages are a lot less costly than they used to be. I think if someone has the equity in their home and it's probably one of the last things that they have available, that mm-hmm. it's probably a decent idea with the new products, with which are a lot less costly than mm-hmm. the old products used to be. Um, the old products, I was very much against those, but now the, the newer products, they, they do seem reasonable if they're needed. What's the difference, just the distinction that makes them better, do you think? The cost. Mm, the cost. Okay. So the, the cost of the, of the mortgage was rolled into the balance, and then you start compounding interest on that. They're just eating up your equity a lot faster. But now that the costs are a lot lower, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, a lot, it's definitely more attractive than they used to be. And, and what about long-term care? Are you finding that most people are, are paying attention to that, or are most people not? Most people are not. They're not paying attention to it. They're not planning for it. They're not insuring against it. Of course, the cost of long-term care insurance has skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. Uh, 20 years ago, when companies were getting in the business, they didn't know what, what the demographics would look like. Right. And so the cost of long-term care is much higher than expected, and now they're charging premiums that are two, maybe two and a half times what they were 10 years ago. And I've read some stats that suggest a lot of folks don't live a long time when they go into long-term care. They're living longer, I think, because healthcare has improved. Yeah, it used to be true. less than three years. Mm-hmm. Now people are living maybe a little bit longer than that, five, six years. Five or six years. But I've often thought the break-even point was maybe right around five or six years. Of it, course, it depends on when you get in in terms of making payments, but the right. lo- longer you wait to start, the more the, the, the cost is... Yes, the type of insurance, like uh, auto insurance, you hope you never have to claim against. Mm -hmm. But if you do have to make a claim and the insurance is there, it can be very helpful. So the Affordable Care Act has not really impacted the long-term care uh, part of it? No, that was just focused on health care. And long-term care is not health care. Most people don't realize that Medicare does not pay for long-term care. Mm. So they have to take care of that in other ways, either through insurance or their own savings. so they definitely need to plan for that as well. Wow. And what about the four-letter word of the investment community, annuities? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say 401k. Talk, talk, <laughs> no. talk about costly products. Um, there's products in that space that are just fraught with all kinds of high costs, high commissions, very confusing products for most people to understand. Um, I, I think that that's definitely an area that you should go into very, very carefully and have someone evaluate it for you who is not the salesperson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, because they lock you in for a long time in many cases. Many of them lock people in for ten plus years. I saw one recently that locks you in for sixteen years. Holy cow! And, well, and the person that was looking at it was sixty-five years old. Right. 
Well, we, we recently had on a class action attorney, Howard Finkelstein, and he had worked 10 years. I guess they just settled a huge case with one of the big insurers mm-hmm. for yeah. the, just for that those reasons alone. You know? And the most popular annuities now are called index annuities. Right. And I would challenge anybody to explain how that works. <laughs> and the other part of it is the insurance company gets to determine the formula and how they set the uh, earnings. So if you think about it, you know, their best interest is probably in more leaning towards their shareholders than to their annuity holders. Well, don't get me started on life insurance companies. Okay, <laughs> I won't. <laughs> because we're, we're on the same side there, too. Well, Richard just had a couple of uh, auto incidents. Uh, is that coming along? Well, no, I said life insurance companies. I know, companies. I'm just curious. Don't get me started on, on <laughs> casualty insurance companies either, Joe. Okay. You had a lot of experience with them lately. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, there was my accident and my daughter's, and so we got one minute before the break, but here, here's a story. Here's how much they care. So, right, my daughter gets rear-ended by a guy, got, you know, and he's a hit and run, so he hits her, swerves off, and takes off, right? And it takes us like three weeks to find the guy, right? We found the guy because her boyfriend was a passenger, and he wrote down the guy's license plate. So we finally tracked down his insurance company, which I think is in the mobile home behind a shell station in the <laughs> middle of nowhere in Arizona, because I've never heard of this company. Oh, my God. And like a month later, I get a call from this lady representing his company. She goes, you know, you're hard to find. That's what she says to me to start the conversation. <laughs> and, I'm thinking, and I said, I mean, I went ballistic. I'm like, you're the one who was a client who did a hit and run and took off. You want to talk about hard to find? If he would have left his contact information, my daughter would have left hers, and that would have been really easy to find. Mm-hmm. She didn't ask how she was doing or how I was doing or how anybody was doing. Yeah. Just, oh, you know, you're really hard to find. Yeah. Well, that was... Uh, I detect- can't repeat what my first word was yeah. in reply. <laughs> Well, we'll let you simmer down you know, at the breaker, Richard, and maybe we'll get some more information. But we're going to come right back with Paul Hines, Hearthstone Private Wealth Management, and talk all about this stuff when we come back. Hang on. We're back with the second half of It's Your Money and Your Life. And this is the time where we go over to Richard to thank our great sponsors. Thank you, sponsors. UBS, Michael Carancha, and Drew Freitas. Couldn't do it without you guys. Signature Analytics, Jason Kruger, the best CFO company here on the planet. Speaking of our favorite CPAs, more traditional CPAs, Polito Epic CPAs up in San Marcos. Don Epic and Paul Polito were recent guests. And all of the folks from the firm came out to Bob Carter's birthday party, so it was fun to see everybody. Carl Sheeler with Berkeley Research Group, by far and away the best business valuation firm on the planet, helping business owners reduce their risks and increase the values of their businesses. Speaking of making money, Joel Gruskin with Cost Segregation Initiatives, helping real estate owners improve their cash flow. Our favorite estate planning attorney, Brenda Geiger, the Geiger Law Offices, specializing in estate planning and asset protection. You don't want to lose your assets. (laughs) Whoops, i got to be careful there. (laughs) Lane Elliott with California Republic Bank, a very interesting niche market bank that specializes in working with wealthy families and family offices. Hub International, also known as Mars Maddox Insurance, by far and away the best employee benefits firm on the planet. Neil Staley could actually explain the Health Care Reform Act and in a way that I can understand it, and nobody else on the planet can. Mars Maddox, now known as Hub International. The LG Experience, uh, our continuing education company, we've been doing webinars and traveling around speaking to people. Keeping real busy with that. We've had as many as 450 CPAs on these webinars about the firm of the future. Fun stuff. Yes, professional women's tennis is coming back to San Diego in November. Running side-by-side with my Oceanside Turkey Trot, the Carlsbad Classic. Check out cldclassic.com. And last but not least, and saving him for last because 
he's our guest, so we can just segue right into talking to him after mm-hmm. I announce this. <laughs> Check out nfinancialabuse.org and, of course, Paul Hines with Hearthstone Private Wealth Management, one of the key people behind that great organization. And um, those are our great sponsors. Also, Courtney Lover with PopX Graphics, who maintains the award-winning website that has tons and tons of information about our great roster of sponsors. And, and that website address, Joe, would be what? Well, if they want to find out anything about uh, any of our sponsors, just go over to iymoney.com. There is a drop-down tab uh, um, right at the top of the page. It says sponsors, and all of their information is right there, their, their contact information, their bios, everything else. And they've all been working with Richard for many, many years with great success. And I forgot to say that last week after I thanked the sponsors, but we thank them for letting us do what we do. So. Yeah, with, with 12 guests, I'm surprised you remember to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> I was sweating bullets, believe me. I, I couldn't even stay for dinner. I was just, uh, you know, yeah. I was getting over the sinus. You know, I was sick. Up, I, you know, I had to go out of town, and I got sick when I was out of town. Hmm. Miserable. It's, it's that time of year. I think it's just the pollen that goes in, and then if you catch a little bug on top of that, then you just have to ride it out. No, but, I watched the Padres play, and I got sick. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> They're not on this channel. I can say that. And, of course, the Blackhawks, that made me crazy, too. So, But congrats. I was rooting well. for the Blackhawks. Yeah, great, great. And I was torn in the NBA finals because I grew up a Warriors fan, Rick Barry and all that mm-hmm. but man lebron james I holy know. cow but they lost two good two of their good players early oh it wasn't on. a fair fight you know and and it just wasn't you can't do it with just one superstar no, you, you know you need a bench and you need your your uh, your players uh and deep you know you need a deep deep bench to win that thing but speaking so. of amazing talent paul hines yes let's talk about some common mistakes people make invest in investing one of my favorite is how how people perceive the sequence of their assets they maybe should dip into as they get older can you talk about that yeah i think that most people start thinking about when they retire to take money out of their retirement plans first. And that may not be the best way to go. They might want to take money out of their taxable account, which might be a trust account or an individual or joint mm-hmm. account. And that allows them to put off taking out the money from their retirement savings. It allows that to grow to a bigger amount. Because um, it's growing tax deferred. It's growing tax deferred. It might that also allow them to defer uh, electing to take Social Security until a later date, which means their benefit will be much bigger. So there's a lot of different advantages to looking at the sequence of what, uh, how you take money out of your various different accounts. And, and do you find that a lot of people pull the trigger too early on their Social Security benefits? Very much so. Yeah, a huge percentage of people take Social Security at age 62, mm-hmm. which is the earliest you can take it. And what they don't realize is that the benefit is at least 25% less right. than w- what it would be at full retirement age. And if they can defer it even longer past full retirement age, the benefit goes up by 8% per year until they reach age 70. So they can get an additional 32% of benefits if they can defer all the way to age 70. Whenever somebody asks me, should I take my benefits at 62? My first question in reply is, do you have a terminal disease? Right. Because if you do, then yes. Yes. But if you, if you think you can make it for a few years, then no. <laughs> right. That's the first question we asked as well, is what's your health history? Right. Um, how long do you expect to live? And if you do expect to live a very long time, deferring that Social Security election is a very big factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Well, that's come out to a lot. That's significant, you know, 32%, right? Sure, yeah. sure. And then, then you think about it, the cost of living increase is compounded on top of that mm-hmm. much larger number. So it, it makes a big impact over your lifetime. Hmm. So hang on, folks. Yeah, and the, the break-even so point, Richard mentioned a break-even point earlier, but the break-even point is typically right around 80 to 81 okay. on deferring so that. about 80. Okay, that so makes sense. So if you sense. think you're going to live beyond that, of course, if you don't, then you, you lost the bet, but... Yeah, but I don't want anybody on their deathbed going, gosh, I wish I hadn't, or I wish I had, or you don't think about that when you're dying. No. It, it's just, it's no, far, Really, far the risk is, is living longer, it's living not longer, shorter. Not shorter. That's right. where the risk is, is living longer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And then what about investing? People being too conservative too early or, or too yeah, risky I too late? What I, what I find is a lot of people look at retirement as a date, and it's really not a date. It's a span of time. Mm-hmm. So if you start thinking about it, i got to get conservative. I'm going to retire next year or the year after that. I think you're getting conservative too early because you really have to plan for perhaps 30-plus years after that retirement mm-hmm. date. Which is a long time horizon. That is. So you have to worry about inflation and, and the rising costs, cost of living. So you, if you get too conservative too early, it's definitely a risk, and I think that's something that people should be aware of. Yeah, I agree. Hey, can we, can we switch over to um, nfinancialabuse.org? Let's do it. Let's do it. Cool. So, um, and obviously that, that's one of the things that could, could cause somebody to uh, see a decline in their net worth. I mean, I guess it's getting more and more common, unfortunately, as people live longer. But um, tell, tell us about this organization, because I know it's not just you. It's, it's a lot of great people. It, it is a lot of great people who have volunteered their time to help raise awareness about financial elder abuse, help get the word out there. Um, it's fantastic. It was founded by uh, Ron Greenwald, who is a realtor in town, does a fantastic job. And he had the brainchild to, to produce these three 30-second TV ads, mm-hmm. which were very done extremely professionally by an NYU college student. And then once we had the three ads, we had to get them on television somehow. So we were able to get sponsorship from Adult Protective Services. And they had a grant, and they were able to use that money to get the ads on television. Because if we just went for P- the PSA route, they wouldn't get targeted to the to the target market. We wanted them to be shown to the potential victims, which are the elder population. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, to me, the two populations are the elder victims, but then also their kids. Families used to sort of stay together and live together, even as they got into middle years, but now many families seem to have the offspring dispersed all over the planet. And I think a lot of people with parents in their 80s, you know, they're in their 50s or whatever, they're doing their career and so on, and they're not really paying attention to mom and dad the way they used to when they were geographically proximate. Yeah, I think that's right. And isolation is a big risk with, with the elder population. Mm-hmm. Because I I spent some time at assisted living homes just because of being a CPA. And, you know, I've been doing this for 30-something years. And I, I'm just amazed at how far removed geographically most kids are. Mm-hmm. And it just, you're, you're right. It just, it, it just, it just, re, it increases the risk or potential. Absolutely. And since tomorrow is Father's Day, let's remind everybody to call their dad and call their mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and wish every father a happy Father's Day. In fact, if you're not a father, have a fa- happy Father's Day because you've got a father out there somewhere or did. So. Hey, Paul, there was that show, American Greed. You might want to contact them and see if they're willing to put a few of your PSAs on from time to time. I don't know what the you know financial arrangement would be or if they do it gratis, but uh, that might be a, something worth looking into because they, they do highlight a lot of these actual, these real stories that do that seniors do encounter. Uh, Absolutely, and, it, and getting that information out is really helpful. We, we do really think that awareness, raising awareness mm-hmm. is going to help prevent mm-hmm. situations. If you, if you just know that you can't get a call from the IRS, for example, or if you get that phone call saying, Grandma, I'm in jail, mm-hmm. uh, it's unlikely that that is the grandchild. Why don't you make sure you check before you send any money? Yeah, you get the email from your friend, well, I lost my wallet in Paris. Right, all those things. Oh. God, if you get those, don't ever click don't on Don't ever any- click on anything. Because, Just hit the delete button yeah, as fast as you can. Because it's a thing called fish, and they uh, yeah. they will get your, your, uh, your information and make life miserable for you, so... Well, there were some other things here. Um, Paul, you've you got a stat here. This is amazing to me. The fastest growing segment of America's population consists of those age 85 and up expected to grow from just under 6 million people of a couple of years ago to close to 19 million people by 2050. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? And I mean, also, it blows my mind, that stat. 
Also, one other statistic that's important is close to one half of people over age 85 have some form of dementia. Right, exactly. Which makes them even more vulnerable. Right. That's because people are living longer, and, and young people are, I mean, millennials aren't having babies, so it's actually the fastest growing segment of America's population, 85 and over. Hmm. And of course, we always hear 10,000 people a day are turning 6 to 5 uh, you know, every day for the next 20 years as well, on top of that, so... So we're getting older. Uh, by 2050, people age 65 and older are expected to comprise 20% of the population, one out of five. Hmm. That, I mean, that is significant. And I think that's why we're seeing such an epidemic of abuse in this area, because the mm -hmm. population is, is bigger, so the opportunity is greater for the people right. that want to perpetrate this abuse. Right, exactly. <laughs> so amazing statistics. Let's see, there's a fiduciary rule here, uh, the DOL fiduciary rule. There should, there should be absolutely no commissions on funds within a 401k type plan. Is that true? There should be no commissions. Hmm. Well, I think, I think the challenge, Joe, is many, many elderly people don't understand the financial products that are being pushed in their direction. Mm -hmm. Would you agree, Paul? Absolutely, especially when it comes to complex products like annuities. Mm -hmm. And the salespeople that that promote the annuities can use the term guaranteed because right. it's guaranteed by the insurance company, right. which tends to attract people that are looking for things that, that are guaranteed and safe, and but they're very complex, very hard to understand, um, and they carry very high costs and very high commission rates. Has, has it always been like this, or has, has this field been deregulated a little bit, uh, allowing more latitude like this? No, it's or? always been like that. I think what's grown, again, is the population, so the, the target population for the annuity salesman has grown, so there's more opportunities for them to promote their products. Right, and they tend to be higher commission-based products than other things that they could potentially sell to people. Quite a which bit. Which is really unhealthy. It, very unhealthy. And, and also think about it, what, what are people earning on their savings in the bank now? Minus 0.2. Yeah, it's close to it's nothing. ridiculous. So people are looking for alternatives, which provides the opportunity for these salespeople to be out there promoting something that they say is guaranteed, which is guaranteed by the insurance company, but it may not be the best thing for them to to dive into. Yeah. Well, let's take our last break right now. We're going to come right back with Paul Hines from Hearthstone right after this. Hang on. All right, we're back in the home stretch of It's Your Money and Your Life, the award-winning show with Paul Hines, President and CEO of Hearthstone Private Wealth Management. So, Richard, where shall we take well, this for the Paul's that? sweating bullets here because Virginia leads Florida five to four <laughs> after seven in an Woo. elimination game for the World Series. So, Paul, as long as as long as Virginia doesn't bring in the Padres bullpen, you've got <laughs> a good might chance have a of shot. winning. They might have a shot. They actually have a really good bullpen. Yeah, don't don't let them bring in the Padres bullpen though, yeah. or let Bud Black make a decision about who to bring in. Well, Bud's not with the not with the team any longer. But so. the Cav Thank goodness. Virginia Cavaliers are facing a very tough team. They are. The Florida's Florida just an absolute yeah. dynasty in college baseball. So, Paul, is it true that that less than ten percent of elder financial abuse cases actually get reported or represented? Yeah, unfortunately, um, and there's reasons for that. One is, it, it's a it's a case where some people don't realize it's happening, mm -hmm. or it might be being perpetrated, perpetrated by family members, and they don't want to report it. It can also be embarrassing to report, mm -hmm. so it goes under. It's very much underreported, and sometimes the cases aren't prosecuted because the the main witness is the elder, and the elder might have dementia, might not be able to actually serve as a witness, or mm -hmm. they may have actually passed away already, so the the key witness is not available. 
I may have a solution for this. You know, they have these uh, tip lines, where people, these hotlines where people just call in an anonymous tip, and maybe they need to develop that for uh, financial elder abuse as well. What do you think of that? Sure. You know, where you don't have to at least at least uh, trigger some kind of investigation. But 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 don't don't older folks who are the victims of elder abuse when when it gets figured out don't don't they sometimes feel embarrassed or shamed by the fact that they were shall we say gullible or duped? Yeah, very much so, and. Uh, Sometimes it's perpetrated by family members, so there's not only shame of that it happened, but embarrassment that a family member has done this to you, right. and and also they're protective of the family members sometimes, sure. so they don't want to get them in trouble. Right. Well, even younger people, I see Sam the Cooking Guy's doing a, a spot now for a firm. He said he was scammed by a, um, I guess, construction firm uh, for some. Uh, uh, well, there you go. Proves, that proves it can happen to just about anybody. Well, Tim yeah. Duncan. <laughs> did you? I mean, did you see the news on Tim Duncan? Oh yeah, he no. got taken advantage of by his financial advisor. Twenty-five million. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I think it's pretty safe. He's playing for the Spurs next year. Well, I remember Tony Gwynn got scammed by his, his business manager. Uh, I think he was almost bankrupt and still playing. I know Joan Crock was heaping praise on him at the time, but uh, didn't he lose quite a bit with that fellow? I think It's he true. Did. We won't mention any names. Right. But uh, I remember that distinctly. So it can happen to anybody. You just have to be vigilant. Yeah, and, and when it happened to my dad, I thought, wow, here's a guy who was an accountant for over 39 years mm-hmm. and still sharp as a tack and generally very skeptical and how they took advantage of him i just it's just hard to fathom well i and, guess we have to see that film nebraska because that was a pretty, yeah, exactly. pretty telling what was the ultimate dis- disposition with your dad did they ever catch the guy or no they were all overseas and he's he did send the money unfortunately to addresses overseas so it, it was never recoverable and it was quite a substantial <sighs> amount it was over a hundred thousand dollars i lost <sighs> wow. gosh but you yeah. know do- do- door-to-door scams are not uncommon still no, and if you think about it, sometimes the scams come in the form of an envelope that looks like it's from a recognizable charity. Mm-hmm. They use a name that's very familiar, sounds familiar, but it's not exactly the same as the, right. the big charity. And they they have fundraisers out there that are taking 95% of what they raise for themselves and giving maybe 5% of it to the charity. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of these are in the name of veterans or law enforcement or whatever. Right. They'll come up with some kind of a, a bogus name for it. Or if there, there's a catastrophe out there like a... Yeah, earthquake or, or tsunami or hurricane. Yeah. yeah, they'll take advantage of the situation. My and God. then around the holidays, a lot of them take advantage of, of the people around the holidays. Yeah. So, so what are some of the red flags where, where there might be some evidence that something strange is happening? Well, one of them is obviously if if there's a change in living conditions. So maybe an elderly's living by themselves, and all of a sudden a family member moves in with them. It might be, um, you know, a middle-aged is typically a middle-aged male who's out of work, probably for some disability reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a son or a nephew or a grandson, and they move in with that senior. And once they're in there, they have the op- more opportunity to take advantage of the senior. So a change in living condition is definitely a red flag. Mm. Um, and I also found find a lot of seniors, they've never really inventoried their valuable personal property. Well, so, so they may know in their head what they have, but the problem is that 50% of people age 85 are probably going to have some form of dementia. Yeah. They, 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 so they most, no longer know. And most people at, at any age don't inventory their property. So it's, I think, really important to have both a written inventory and a video right, take or pictures pho- photographic or, yeah. inventory of what you own. Right, because people who clean units at assisted living, I mean, there's all these, I don't mean to be negative towards assisted living homes, but there's all these stories about things missing. Right, it's certainly the opportunities there, so it, it can happen in that situation. Mm-hmm. Another really big red flag, if you notice that someone has a change in their financial situation, maybe the utility, the electric utility cuts off their electricity. Hmm. Uh, 
So that means probably money's been siphoned off that would normally have been used to pay the electric bill. Yeah, well, another change in behavior, too, that people have to be sensitive to, it doesn't necessarily relate to elder abuse, is, is, but it, I think it's a warning sign of dementia, is people start to struggle with basic mail. So so maybe the utility bill got cut off because they forgot to pay it three sure. months in a row. You might walk in and see a huge stack of unpaid right. bills. I mean, I found, you know, in my days as a CPA, you know, during tax season, you go out and pick somebody's tax stuff up because they can't drive anymore or whatever, and you... You know, I mean, this tax season, I found you know a woman. She had a check for thirteen thousand dollars sitting there that was already ninety days old, right? <laughs> that hadn't been cashed, <laughs> just sitting in the unopened mail for three months. I mean, talk about being a hero! Sure. She's like, oh my goodness! And a lot of people do get their dividend checks or interest checks at home, right? Yeah, because a lot of a lot of older folks don't do. Uh, they still want to get the mail. They right. don't want. They don't know, get the automatic to, deposit because, the because they, they want to make sure they get the mail so they know they got the check. But if you don't know, so that, that, that's a sign, obviously, that, that right. I think kids have to be sensitive and to. And one point I definitely want to make is if, if you're wiring money to someone, if you have to send money in order to either get money or goods, it's always a scam. Yeah, always a scam. Yeah. So don't send money. Yeah, I, I got that call once, and they said, send some money and, and send me, we'll send you whatever. I said, well, do this, send me whatever, and when I get it, I'll send you your cut. <laughs> of course, and you hear a big click. Click, the <laughs> buzz. <laughs> and nowadays, they're not only wiring money, but there's some, something called a green dot card. Yeah, yeah. That you put, you prepay the green dot card, and you just have to read the person on the telephone, the code number, and they can zap the money right out of that account. Right, hmm. Paul, it's you might scary. want to th- you know, there's Meals on Wheels and any any agency that's constantly contacting seniors. You may want to slip a brochure into the. Uh, but but church, are you are you active in churches? We're trying to get the word out there in every way possible. Uh, one of the things that we're doing more of now is because we think we can get uh, the word out faster. Is we're educating CPAs and attorneys about mm-hmm. the red flags related to financial elder abuse. They in turn have tons of clients, so they can spread the word that way. Sure, mm-hmm. good idea. And if a, if a senior does suspect some scam going on, what should he or she do? What do you recommend, Paul? Well, I think, first of all, talk to someone that they, they trust, hopefully mm-hmm. a family member, mm-hmm. explain the situation, and definitely talk to someone before you send money or before you go into a contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also the uh, toll-free number to Adult Protective Services, 800-510-2020. Okay. Well, Paul, thanks so much for being here. I really our appreciate guest. it. Yeah, you Hearthstone bet. Inc. We'll get you home in time for the top of the ninth. There you go. Hearthstoneinc.com is his website. And of course, financialelderabuse.org is the other. Richard, good seeing you. And Dan Noon on the board. Thanks for making us sound good. And thank you to Craig Blanke, our account executive, and to Dave Smith, our programming genius here at KFMB. You have a great week, everybody. And get over to iymoney.com to hear all these podcasts. And we'll see you next time. Good night now. 